Good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to our midweek podcast from Avila Presbyterian Church. This is a, a recorded podcast uh, for Tuesday, the 10th of November. You're all very welcome as we come together uh, through these change, changeable and uncertain days as we come together in Jesus' name to have fellowship in him, to come to God in prayer, uh, to praise his name and to listen to what God is saying to us through his word through these days. As we come uh, together uh, this evening, let me just highlight a couple of announcements for our church family. Firstly, we are continuing to meet in our church building for uh, worship on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. If you have not been to the church building before and you are wanting to attend the building, please let Brian know before Friday at 5 p.m. This helps us uh, uh, organise our seating for the church services. Also on Sunday the 22nd of November, uh, there will our church building will not be open for our morning worship just for this Sunday morning. Uh, there will be an online service uh, that will happen through our YouTube channel. But this is because on the evening of Sunday the 22nd of November, we're going to have an evening service in our church building where our new elders are going to be ordained and installed into our church family. Uh, this service will begin at 7pm. And if you are wanting to attend that service, then please do let Brian know uh, before uh, the Wednesday of that week, Wednesday the 16th of November at 5pm. Even if you have been uh, to our worship services before, it's important that if you are wanting to go to this service on Sunday the 22nd of November, uh, that you book your place with Brian before Wednesday the 16th. Also, please do remember that along with our podcasts on Tuesday evening, uh, if you're not able to get out to our church building on Sunday mornings, uh, then you can watch our services online uh, through our YouTube channel uh, or you can uh, speak to us by getting a DVD uh, off the service later on in the week. If you haven't uh, able to get uh, to see the services, then please get in touch uh, and we'll endeavour to help you uh, watch or be part of the services. As we come to God this evening, let me read these words from Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us that your ways may be known on the earth that your salvation among the nations. As we come to our God this evening, we recognise the uh, difficulties and the uncertainty that we may face through these days. And our prayer this evening is that through the uncertainty, through the changeable days that we face, that God's name may be known, that his salvation and may be proclaimed to the nations. Let us come to our God now in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunities that you give us to serve you through these days. We thank you 
that you are the God who is able, the God who we can rest in through all things. And Lord, we give you thanks uh, for the ways that we are still able to worship and come before you. We thank you, Lord, for the way that your word is always available to us. Lord, that as we look to seek you, Lord, uh, that we recognize that in your word you are found. That we may know of your power and your glory through all things. And Lord, as we come before you this evening, Lord, we recognize all too often, Lord, we fall away from you. We look to things in this world for our hope. We look to uh, the fading glory, Lord, of this world instead of your majesty and your power. And Lord, we come confessing this evening, Lord, of the way uh, that we can wander away from you. And Lord, we ask that you may help us to draw close before you, that we may seek your spirit to know, Lord, of what it means to trust in you through all that we may face. Lord, renew our faith. Help us, Lord, to know of your majesty and power through these days. Lord, we give you thanks, Lord, that we are able uh, to uh, praise your name this evening, that we are able, Lord, to seek you, Lord, in every way. And Lord, we pray that by your Spirit this evening you may touch our hearts and minds as we look to commit ourselves before you. And we ask these things now in the great and in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, as we begin this evening, we're going to begin with our first item of praise, a Gary piece entitled, uh, Across the Lands, You're the Word of God the Father. Yeah. 
Well, please turn with me uh, to our scripture reading this evening. Uh, as we continue in the studies of the book of Nehemiah, we're going to read um, chapter 4 of Nehemiah, and we're going to read verses 1 to 9. This is the word of the Lord. When Salaba heard that they were building the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those whose heaps of rubble burned as they are? Toraboth the Amorite, who was at his side, said, What are they building? Even a fox climbing up on it would break down their wall of stones. Hear us, our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. So we we rebuild the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their heart. But Salabath, the Torbite, the Amorite, the Arabs, the Amorites, and the men of Ashton heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed. They were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Here we end the reading of God's word to us this evening. As we think about uh, these words, let us come to our God now again in prayer. Heavenly Father, you are the God who recognises every situation that we are in. You recognise who we are and what we uh, can deal with in life. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that as we are able to come before you in prayer, that you are the one who is able to guide, direct. You are the one who can bring peace and comfort to life. Help us know this, Heavenly Father, in all that we may do. And we ask this now, in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, as we begin this evening, as we think about this passage, I want to ask you the question, what is your pain threshold? I once remember... um, Well, it was a couple of years ago now uh, that I had to go uh, to a special dentist uh, to get a wisdom tooth taken out. I had already had one out uh, a couple of years before this, uh, and it was not a nice procedure, but I have to say it didn't go that badly. Um, And this time, I remember sitting down in the dentist's chair, and the dentist had a quick look in my mouth. And said, that's a very deep tooth. We really should have uh, recommend you being put to sleep before this is taken out. 
me remembering back to the last time that it happened, thinking it wasn't going to be that bad. I said, no, just go ahead. She gave me an injection to freeze my mouth and after about another hour, uh, she did manage to get the tooth out. Needless to say, when I stepped off the dentist chair uh, and came down to the waiting room, um, I was as white as a ghost. And it did take me a lot longer uh, to recover from that procedure. We recognise that as we look to follow Jesus, it is not going to be easy at times. And that sometimes the hardships that we face, the difficulties that come our way, can take us back. Uh, We think, how can we continue on? When this is happening. And as we come to Nehemiah 4. We see that Nehemiah has made every attempt. To account for possible problems and setbacks with uh, the building project that he has started. He has prayed. He has planned. He has carefully assessed it. He has involved the entire population of, of great Jerusalem. The greater half of Jerusalem. In the effort to rebuild the walls. But Nehemiah can't oversee uh, uh, everything. And something is about to go wrong that he didn't foresee. In Nehemiah 4, we come face to face with severe and violent opposition to his plan for rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Over the last couple of chapters, we've seen uh, the, the starts of the opposition and different things happening. But here, now we see it. Uh, coming to the fore more and more. Words of ridicule. Plots being put in place. uh, Looking uh, to uh, undermine the work of what Nehemiah has started under God. And once the labourers started the work on the building site, the troubles began in earnest. Earlier tensions were dwarfed by fierce opposition. Optimism and realism are uh, sensitively combined uh, in this uh, story. The team needs not only uh, Nehemiah's uh, assurance that the God of heaven would give them success, which he says in chapter 2, verse 20, but also here Nehemiah says, It brings a sense of real compassion to his leadership in which he says in verse 14, do not be afraid, continue on. The rebuilding of the walls is a picture of the steps to recovery from emotional wounds and spiritual brokenness of our lives. We have witnessed Nehemiah's anguish over the ruined state of Jerusalem the political and spiritual capital of his nation. Nehemiah's heartbreak echoes the anguish we face when our own lives have been broken by sinful habits, destructive attitudes, or feelings of bitterness and resentment. We've also saw how Nehemiah seizes without doubt or hesitation the opportunity to rebuild. When opportunities for healing and recovery come to us, We must not hold back in reluctance or fear. 
If we come to know the gospel of the person of Jesus, if it's explained to you and you feel God's spirit tugging at your heart, don't say I have plenty of time to make a decision for Christ. Now is the time. Don't hesitate. Seize that opportunity just as Nehemiah done in the building work. For if you feel God prompting you to join a church or ask a Christian for help or even to talk to someone about him, now is the time. Don't put it off. Nehemiah honestly assessed the magnitude of the challenge before him. He didn't examine the situation through rose-coloured glasses. He didn't kid himself and say, this will be easy. Instead, he faced the situation squarely. And he gave the people a message telling them how hard it was going to be. At the outbreak of World War II, Winston Churchill gave the people of Great Britain a message saying, I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears and sweat. As Nehemiah brings people together for this work, he tells them that this is going to be difficult. And as we look to the Christian life, we recognise as we come to follow Jesus, we come to follow someone who went to the place of the cross for us. And as we look to follow those steps, we recognise that it will not be a comfortable and easy journey. But this restoration project of our lives will be full of blood, toil, tears and sweat. But through the difficulties, God will use it to strengthen and help us. It is important to understand that sorrow is not purposeless if it drives us to God, increases our dependence on him, enhances our sensitivity to the needs of others. And in turn, it will make us more like our Saviour. Jesus told his followers uh, that they were unlikely to escape trouble. And the closer we get to him, the more we learn from the difficulties we face. Anyone working for God can anticipate opposition in some form or another. When the sightless Saul of Tarsus reached Damascus, as he learned about the Christian life, there was a realistic note about how much he would suffer for Christ. And as uh, he continued on in his ministry. He, were, he warned his earliest converts that they too must go through many hardships in order to enter the kingdom of God. Christian writer, writer once penned, Suffering is the badge of discipleship. Taking up the cross authenticates the reality of our faith. However intense the opposition we face. We also must remember that a Christian is not without resources and they are all released as we look to come to God in prayer. And as we turn to look at this passage again, we see how Nehemiah's response to the sustained adversary that he faces is to hurry in to the audience chamber of God. 
In the presence of his opponents, he had declared his conviction that the God of heaven would give success to the builders. But that must be more than an inspiring rally cry. Heaven's Lord must be thought, sought for earth's needs. His God, his God is acknowledged not only as the source of ultimate success, but here we see that Nehemiah recognizes that God is the giver of immediate help. And turning to the Lord, Nehemiah knew there was nowhere else he could go. And just in these last moments, let us look at the aspects of prayer shown to us in these verses. Firstly, as Nehemiah comes to pray in verses 4 and 5, we see he prays honestly. He is angry about the words of his opponents. He feels them. But also he comes to prayer passionately. His emotion is seen through the words to God. He feels in turmoil. He feels fury to those who are speaking against the work. But also, Nehemiah prays realistically. In calling upon God so passionately, Nehemiah is asking God not to vindicate the workers, but to authenticate his truth in the presence of such irreverent and insulting opponents. In the right context, anger needs to be expressed. It must not be turned inward and pent up within us. If it is allowed to fester, it it can damage us. When anger is not handled well, the offended person can easily become the offender. But Nehemiah does not bother arguing with his opponents or retaliating against them. He does not insult them back. He says that this is an insult against God. And he leaves the matter in the lap of heaven trusting God to administer justice against the enemies of Israel. Nehemiah is looking for God to bring him rest from his anger. And there's a real naturalness about prayer, as we see in these verses. Under serious threat and an extreme adversary, it was the most logical thing for them to do. There was so much that they were unable to do. They could not forget the ridicule, dismiss the anger, ignore uh, the plots or scatter the soldiers. But they could pray and pray they did. It was natural for them to do so. For in prayer they were affirming their faith, sharing their fears and acknowledging their weakness and confessing their needs. And as we look to verse 9, we see everyone prays, but we pray to our God. The Jerusalem builders were valued the comfort of prayer. They described their Lord as our God. The God of infinite wisdom, he knew what to do. The God of compassionate care, he wanted to help. The God of limitless power. He was the one who could help and nothing uh, uh, could daunt him. And he was the God who is available always. Everything they needed there was there for the asking. No wonder they came to God in prayer. 
as we face these days, as we face hardships and uncertainty about what one day will bring to the next, let us come to our God in prayer. As we face opposition, let us recognise the place, the first place we come to is to our God in prayer. As we uh, uh, take time to take in these words, let us listen to our next item of praise sung to us by Jonathan Ray and his family entitled, My Worth is Not in What I Own. not in what I own, not in the strength of flesh and bone, but in the costly wounds of love at the cross. My worth is not in skill or name, in win or lose, in pride or shame. But in the blood of Christ that flowed at the cross I rejoice in my Redeemer, greatest treasure, wellspring of my soul I will trust in Him no other, my soul is satisfied in Him alone Summer floods, we fade and die. Fame, youth, and beauty hurry by. But life eternal calls to us at the cross. I will not boast in wealth or might, or human wisdom's fleeting light. Spring of my soul, 
I will trust in him no other. My soul is satisfied in him alone. Well, as we come to the end of our podcast this evening, we want to take some time also uh, to pray for one another. Uh, to recognise that as we do face hardships and difficulties, as we face uncertainty, that our first port of call again, isn't it, is to come to our God in prayer, uh, to recognise him uh, looking to direct and guide us, to recognise the great resources that we have in our God. And as we do that, uh, let me remind you of these words. Words of Jesus brought to his disciples before going to the cross in John 14, in which he tells them, Peace I will leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Let us come before our God now in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do want to recognise, Lord, your peace this evening. We thank you, Lord, that in Jesus' name we may know real and lasting peace. For, Lord, there is so much that we see in this world that it looks to offer. But, Lord, peace, everlasting peace, is something that we cannot find here. It is not something, Lord, that we can uh, seek ourselves, but it is given as a gift of you, and we thank you for that. Lord, we want to lift up to you those this evening, Lord, who uh, need to know of your peace. Lord, we lift up to you those this evening that continue to seek other places rather than you. Lord, we pray for those who seem to have walked away from you. And we ask, Lord, that you may speak into their lives, that there may be things in their lives that they cannot turn away from, that they may come to you. They may come, Lord, to put their faith in you in every way. And Lord, as we think about opposition this evening, as we think about discouragements that we may face, Lord, we pray that we may see you in these situations, that it may help us to bring us closer before you as we face uncertainty and difficulty in life, that we may look to trust in you. Lord, we want to lift up before you this evening those who are hurting. We pray for those, Lord, who have lost loved ones recently, asking, Lord, that they may know of your comfort and your peace each day ahead. Lord, that as they face life, Lord, without loved ones, that they may know, Lord, of you journeying with them, bringing comfort, bringing direction in life. Lord, we want to lift up before you this evening those who face great uncertainty with their health at this time. Lord, we ask that they may know a, a real sense of your spirit with them, Lord, in all that they do, that they may know of clarity in the road ahead, 
that they may know of your healing hand upon them, Lord, in all that they may face. And Lord, that they may rest in your gracious and loving hands through all that they may face. Lord, over these last weeks, we've been reminded, Lord, uh, about our uh, uh, earthly powers, about those who you have put uh, in places of power. And we ask, Lord, that they may know of your glory and power that you may give them wisdom to rule over us, that you may look uh, to show them, Lord, what it means to trust in you. And Lord, we ask that in all, Lord, uh, that they do, that they may glorify your name, that they may recognise you as the one who is the everlasting King. Lord, we lift up to you those who uh, are facing great uncertainty about their livelihoods through these days. We pray, Lord, for those who are uh, uh, anxious and fearful about these coming days. And Lord, we ask that you may bring hope, that you may bring a sense of security uh, to these lives. Lord, we thank you that in you there is everlasting peace that we can rest in your gracious and loving arms. And Lord, we pray that you may draw us close before you. And Lord, as we face, uh, Lord, that uncertainty that comes through this world, that we may know you, that we may know of your hand upon us and all that we may face. What a gracious and loving thing this is. And we ask it now in Jesus' loving name. Amen. Let us finish with the words of the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for listening, everyone, and God bless.